Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Uh, I want to introduce a great friend today who's going to bring the word to us. Uh, His daughter Lauren is with him. He's got four kids, one wife, that's the good order. He's got, uh, uh, he and his wife Annette, pastor Church Alive in Aral, Switzerland. He is British, but I was reminded last night at dinner, as his daughter, she speaks kind of British English with her dad, but all of a sudden they were talking in German and she's having to get a little bit of interpretation from him. I thought, man, she looks like an American. She sounds like a British girl, but she's fluent in Swiss German. That's how she was raised, her first language. Anyway, just really blessed by these people. I was able to be with them. They meet in a movie theater in, uh, near Zurich. And I was able to be with them about five years ago, and we've been trying to get him over ever since. I'd like you to get up on your feet and give a great Now Church welcome to Pastor Ed Wells as he comes to bring the word, okay? Come on, receive him today. Well, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It was 11 hours of flight to get here, to get to church, but I tell you, it was worth it. It was worth it. And uh, yeah, we've been trying to make this happen for several years. COVID got in the way, delayed a few things. But it is so good to finally be with you here. I wonder if you realize what you're a part of. You know, often when we look back, we can see the hand of God. We can see something is miraculous. But when we're in it, we don't really see it. We don't really feel it. It's a bit like the building. It's a lot of work. And only when you look back, you're like, wow, God, you have been in this. And the sound of this house is not just limited to a color. It's, it's impacted the nations, and we are blessed to be connected to you guys. I want to be cheeky enough, Pastor Richard and Pastor Gail, before I start the message, to give you a word. I had, two days ago, as I was coming, I had what I would call a vision. And I just want to take the risk of sharing it with you. If it resounds, cool. And if not, as we say, you chuck it out the window. (laughs) Eat the chicken, spit out the bones. (laughs) This is what I saw, guys. This is what I saw. I saw you running back and forth. Running back and forth. Uh, I saw you running back from one generation to the next generation. And then I saw the words, you're a connector, you're connectors, you are conduits, you're bridge builders from one generation to another. And then I was reminded of the story in the Old Testament of God introduced himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Three generations, and then he starts talking about Israel. He starts talking about a nation. And Israel's expansion could never have happened if it hadn't been for the faithfulness and for the faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I saw you, I saw you guys as like a spiritual Isaac who ran with the faith, with the breakthrough, with the pioneering spirit of Abraham to connect to the next generation of Jacob, which would then multiply to become a nation. 
And what I saw was the ability in you to bring, to go back and bring the anointing, the grace, the spirit upon the forefathers and repack it and impart it to a next generation. It is so much more than just methods and style and decoration. It is, a, it is wisdom, it is understanding, but what is often so forgotten is a spiritual impartation. And I believe God has given you the grace to run from one generation, to connect from one generation to another. And guys, this has nothing to do with size. If you look at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their lives individually seemed insignificant, not very spectacular, not very big and successful. You join them together, and what began was Israel. And so, I just want to bless you with that. I hope it speaks to you. You have an ability. An ability. And don't neglect the laying on of hands. Impartation. Amen. Well, so good to be with you. I don't know whether you have ever had a dream. Had a vision for your life. I wonder if you look back over the last six months, 18 months, I wonder if you wondered that you would be somewhere else than where you are today. <laughs> Hello. It's a part of life, right? It is amazing to me, it is fascinating how energizing, how empowering a vision is. Like your building. It's empowering. And how tired or tiring, how lethargic how distracted and how stupid we can become when we don't have a vision. <laughs> when, we, when we lose sight of God's purpose for our life, when we lose sight of His will for our life, we can be some, become so distracted, so foolish. That's when we tend to make stupid decisions. But dreams and visions, they create tension. They create tension in your life. It is the hope of a better tomorrow and the reality of what I can see today. It's like the vision of a new building. It's like the vision of a new campus. You can see it. It's, it's, it's like the vision of something that you want to see in your life, but then you open up your eyes and you're faced with your current reality. That is a recipe for frustration, for tension. What I'm believing for and what I'm currently expected. So I want to talk today to you about my friend, frustration. <laughs> yeah, he's not my best friend, yeah, but I have learned to make friends with frustration. The blessing of frustration. Say thank you, Ed. <laughs> I might just have saved your life. It's so important that we learn to lead ourselves through seasons of frustration, through seasons of disappointment. Otherwise, we can find ourselves in the very dangerous zone of deep discontentment. And if you don't learn to deal with frustration and discontentment, it will grow in you to become bitterness. And then what was a problem on the outside becomes a problem on the inside. Does that make sense? And so if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes I don't want to be honest. 
<laughs> I like deception. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm 36. I, I like that deception. But if we're honest with ourselves and we look back in our lives, many of the stupid decisions we have made have come out of frustration. They've come out of dis discontentment. I guarantee you, many of the stupidest decisions you've made in your life are connected to frustration. People marry the wrong people. Come on. My God. Come on, sister. People have affairs. People have affairs because they're discontented. People leave. Oh, my goodness. People even leave church. Not this church. But they leave, they've left our church out of discontentment, right? And they don't see the problem has actually become an internal one rather than an external one. Say, thank you, Ed. Might just have saved your life. So today we're going to look at a, a story in the Old Testament. I've become to, I've come to love the Old Testament. You know, there's, there's so many stories in the Old Testament, they're just weird. Right? It's like, I live in Ocala. I live in Switzerland. I live in 21st century. What has this got to do with my life? And then if you go a little deeper, you dig a little deeper, you find that Jesus is all the way through. He's, he's undercover. He's hidden. The new is hidden in the old. And so I'm going to look at a story in the Old Testament. We're going to find it in the book of Exodus. But here's the context. God's people had just been delivered out of Egypt. This incredible miracle, this story being delivered from slavery after so many years. They then experienced the parting of the Red Sea. They observed as God swept away their enemies. I mean, this was an awesome moment. This was a moment that they would have said, this is a new day. Finally, God has come through. They knew God was for them. I hope you've experienced some of those. If you haven't, you will. I'm saying it. You will. So they were experiencing God's favor. They were so aware of his presence. When you're in such a moment, I tell you, life is good. It was so good that their worship pastor, Miriam, wrote a new song. They were all singing it. God is good. This is a new day. This was, boom, an instant hit. So just imagine, sometimes when we read, read the Word, we read the Bible, we go too quick. And we have to put ourselves into the story. It's like the guys, the day that you guys do the opening of your building and you move in, there's going to be lots of food, there's going to be lots of praise, there's going to be lots of stories, it's going to be an awesome moment. And this was the atmosphere. They had just been delivered. They had just crossed over. Finally, this prophetic promise is coming into fulfillment. And so I know there was a lot of laughter. There was a lot of joking going on. And you know, all those moments where they, were where they had struggled and doubted, they were, they were forgotten. They were behind them. I can, I can imagine, just give me a little bit of poetic license. I can imagine them coming up to Pastor Moses. Pastor Moses. Oi, 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 oi. That, Pastor Moses, that was awesome. That was, um, Pastor Moses, we just want to say, you, you know when we said it was better back in Egypt? I don't know what was going on with me that day. I don't know what was going on. We just want to say, 
We're excited. And Pastor Moses, when you took that stick and you, boom, and the Red Sea parted, oh my goodness, Pastor Moses, that was awesome. You need to do that more often. So I can imagine, I can imagine them talking and laughing and lots of jokes. And Pastor Moses, we just were, we are so pumped. We're so excited about the future. And just the, the unity and the love amongst us is incredible. All right, let's jump into the story. Exodus 15, verse 21. Miriam sang. I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going to read it. Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord. We find it in verse 21. Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. It's, it's, it's a great song. Verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. Uh-oh. This word Shur means wall. It means enclosed. It means trapped. For three days, they traveled into the desert without finding water. Verse 23, when they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why it was called Marah. So in a few days, in just a few short days, they've gone from this mountaintop experience to this what on earth is going on moment. They had become tired. They had become thirsty. They had become weary. And now they were disappointed. In three short days. Verse 24. So what did the people do? They do what we do. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water and the water became fit to drink. It became sweet. Jump to verse 27. Then they came to Elim, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. 12 springs, 70 palm trees, and they camped near the water. This was the five-star holiday destination that they had in their mind when God spoke to them. Because when God speaks to you, you are not thinking problems. You're not thinking challenges. You're not thinking resistance. You're not thinking disappointments. You're thinking fulfillment. This is going to be awesome. So what do you do when you don't get what you expect? You become frustrated. That's the natural, normal response. But then what we often do is we begin to grumble. <laughs> and if you keep grumbling, you become disappointed. Anyone been there? Anyone been there? <laughs> it's like we, we had a family holiday on the south coast of Portugal a few years ago. And I don't know how it is for you guys, but when we plan a holiday, we're talking about it at the breakfast table. We have a Saturday morning kind of family breakfast, and we're talking about it. And this is what it's going to be like. And we're showing pictures on the phone. We go. We've saved up. We go to, uh, to the south coast. It's a beautiful part of Portugal. We come to the house, and we... Has anyone ever had that kind of mysterious experience? How on earth did they take those pictures? <laughs> like, 
I go back on my phone. I'm trying to work out what angle. What angle did... There was a sea view, but how did, how did they get that sea view? I was disappointed. And we were faced with a decision as a family. If we don't decide right now, we're going to be robbed of the joy of being on holiday in the south of Portugal. So we began to give thanks. <laughs> so remember, right? The gap between our expectation and our current reality, what we experience, is the potential for frustration in your life. Now these, the people of Israel had just experienced an incredible deliverance. They'd received this promise. They'd started to dream again. They'd started to dream of, a, of their own land, of a time where they could gather together and celebrate and rejoice without fear, without restriction. They could, they could come together and worship the Lord. They'd heard their parents. They'd heard their leaders talk about this. They'd, they'd been to vision casting meetings and, and, on all, and all of these things, and all of their leaders and their parents were talking about Elim. But then they find themselves in a place called Mara. Elim means oasis. It means dreamlike. It means picturesque. It means five-star holiday destination type thing. But they found themselves in Mara. How frustrating. They thought it was going to be awesome, but actually it was the opposite. How many of us, we've had, we've started on a journey, we've, we've, we've taken steps of faith, we've dreamt about our marriage, a relationship, a business, a ministry, some venture, some faith steps, and automatically we think of it being dreamlike. But then we experience the opposite. We find ourselves in a place called Mara, and we don't know what to do. We can't go forwards. We can't go backwards. A place which is bitter. How disappointing, how frustrating. Can you imagine how the atmosphere had changed from this joy-filled faith, anything is possible, our future is awesome, to what do we do now? Where do we go now? Have you ever felt like that? You thought you were through. You've been fighting a sickness. You think you are free. You go for one final checkup and the doctor gives you the opposite. You've been working hard to get out of debt. And then something that you've forgotten about. Some company, they send you a letter. And those letters always come in gray envelopes. They're not colored. They're not scented. They are dark. And so you thought you were free, but then you're faced with a different reality. We can all relate. The place which is bitter, the experience which was tough. And in this place called Mara, God wanted to do a work. And so there's four things that I just want to share quickly with you this morning that I believe God wanted to teach Moses, show Moses, show the people, but how he also wants to teach us when we hit or when we find ourselves in a place of frustration. The first thought is this. Moses, what got you here will not get you there. What got you here won't get you to where I want to take you. 
You need a change of clothes. You need a change of mindset. You need a different focus for this new season that I'm bringing you into. Otherwise, we look back and we glorify what was. We need to honor the past, but we need to be reaching out again and again for the future. And so, Moses, I saved you in a moment. I delivered you. But now I want you to learn to involve me in the nitty-gritty, in the daily life. We get so excited. I don't know about you, but I get so pumped and excited about the thought of God doing a new thing. But we often forget that the new thing starts with a work in us. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But that means I need to change. I need to grow. I need to expand. I need to be changed. So there was a fresh revelation. There was a fresh understanding that God wanted to bring to his people and he wants to bring to us. And so maybe you've been there in a place where things are going so well. You could see it. You could smell it. You could almost reach it. You were heading to Elim and then for some reason you find yourself in Mara. Is that special effects or is that real? I promise, church, I promise you, sooner or later, this will happen to you. This is not some negative prophecy, okay? Just sooner or later, this is life. It's, not, it's not, nothing to do necessarily with a lack of faith. Of course, we can make stupid decisions, but this is part of life. And in that moment, when we come to a place which is bitter, we find ourselves in martyr. It is so easy to forget everything that God had done, has done, up until this point. We forget it. And if we don't handle this moment or this season well of frustration, it turns into bitterness. And what starts as being bitter on the outside will become bitter on the inside. And that is where we get into trouble. Often we're praying and thinking of God, do something new. But it always starts with something new in us. And so we need to embrace this reality. We need to embrace this frustration. We need to make frustration a friend. Because there are miracles in this pain. There's miracles. There's revelation. There's understanding. You know, one of the, one of the verses in the Bible that I love, or the, uh, the passages in the Bible that I love most, is Psalm 23. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's not ethereal. It's not theoretical. In that dark place, I am with you, do not fear, and I will prepare a table for you. I live in the country. We live in the country of mountains. I don't see many mountains in Florida, but snow-peaked mountains, the Alps, they are majestic, but there's no fruit growing on the top of those mountain peaks. Fruit grows in the valley, but we love the mountain peaks and despise the valleys. But fruit comes out of tough times where we haven't given up, where we keep going on. And so pain can become a friend. And so Moses cries out to God. He brought it to God. And when we keep bringing those things to God, when we don't disengage and run away from him, something new can happen. So this is the second thought. You have to embrace 
where you are. You have to embrace the reality of where you are with God, in your marriage, in your finances, in your business, in, your, in life holistically, where you are with church. Only as you accept and embrace the reality can you do something about it. You may not like it. You may want to resist it. You might want to enjoy the, the blindness of the moment. But only as we embrace it can God do something in us. So just imagine, just imagine the frustration of Moses, right? When he arrives in Mara, there was, they'd been traveling three days. A few years ago, we got to uh, go to Israel, and we did a tour in Israel, and we did an early morning walk in the Negev Desert. And it's a bit like Florida temperature. It started pleasant. It started pleasant early in the morning. And as we went on this walk, we could feel the temperature rising. And it was interesting. I felt my nervousness rising. As the temperature began to rise, I was like becoming a little bit more uncomfortable. My mind began to play games. It's like, I hope our tour guys know what he's doing. Because I'm becoming thirsty. We don't, I hope he know, I'm having to trust him. And so just imagine three days, no water. It was becoming critical. They were getting nervous, and then finally, some of the guys at the front of the, of the tribe, they see trees in the distance. Trees signify water. So just imagine, it's a bit like having children in a car, and they say, when are we going to be there? And we tell them, soon. Yeah? Then we say, shut up. Yeah? But we... So... Probably they went through all of that, and then some of the guys see trees, and they say, it's okay, we're almost there. So, through approximately two million people, the atmosphere begins to lift again. It's okay, hold on, we're almost there. And then they arrive, they go down on their knees, they begin to drink the water, and it's bitter. I can imagine Moses' self-talk. You, we all do self-talk. I don't care how normal you think you are. Yeah? We all do self-talk. Just imagine Moses' self-talk. God, why did you give me these people? This was not what I said yes to. Have you? Let's have a little bit of moment of honesty. Have any of you ever prayed that stupid prayer, God use me? Oh my goodness, that is such a foolish prayer. Because then he does. And I was like, God, I didn't mean that. I was thinking Elim, I was thinking this five-star ministry business was like, going to be awesome. I can imagine Moses, like, God, that's not what I was thinking. That's not what I signed up for. We were thinking of the promised land. There are times in your life when life stinks. Hello. Even in Florida. Life stinks sometimes. Moses probably thought, God, do another miracle. Do it quick. Get us out of here. But until you're honest with yourself and about yourself, about where you are, God can't lead you. God can't show you the next step. 
So don't confuse where you are with who you are. That's good. Don't confuse where you are with who you are. And just because where you are stinks doesn't mean you need to stink. Hello? Don't let where you are drive you away from who you are. You're a child of God. Put on the ropes. Begin to lift your voice. So don't let frustration and a Mara experience drive you away from God, drive you away from the house of God, from His people. Let it drive you to God and to His people. We have to embrace where we are. The third thing is this. Everything Moses needed, everything we need, is within reach. Verse 25, Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became sweet or fit to drink. I imagine, Moses cried out, I imagine he went down on his knees. And as he went down, his head was down. He couldn't see. But I imagine, I can see God coming and lifting his head. And God showed him a a piece of wood, a tree. Different translations uh, describe it in different ways. A branch, a piece of wood, a tree. It's a picture for the cross. God lifted his head and he saw the cross. And as he took the cross and threw it into the bitter water, it became sweet again. Where was he? In Mara. The bitter place. He wasn't in Elim, the place of abundance. It was the bitter place of frustration that became sweet. I remember one of my, you know, there's a few examples or there's a few experiences that completely mark your life. We don't have life-changing experiences every day, every week, every month, every year. There's a few of them. And when I was a young man, I was 23, my father suddenly died out of the blue. He had not been sick and he died. He was on a trip. They were celebrating, my parents were celebrating a 35th wedding anniversary in Europe. And they, part of that was in Switzerland. Hello. In Switzerland. And he died suddenly of a heart attack. My mom woke up to my dad having a heart attack and then he was gone. And so I flew the following day to be with my mom. And I think it was just the unction of the Holy Spirit. Because I went to be with my mom. We were totally in shock. Obviously it was her, more so for her. But we were all in shock. And I went to be with my mom. We went to, I went to this hotel room in a little place called Interlaken, Switzerland. And I said, Mom, you, I'm, I'm an English boy. I sometimes I have dark humor. Right? I said, it's inconvenient to die in a foreign country. <laughs> There's a lot of bureaucracy. Oh, my goodness. Very inconvenient. Anyway, I go to my mom, right? And I say, Mom, we're both in shock. We're grieving. I said, Mama, before we do anything else, let's get down on our knees. And I said, Mama... Thank you. We just began to lift up our eyes. We began to lift up our voice. And we said, God, I thank you. God, I thank you for my dad. She began to thank him for a husband of 35 years. And we experienced something in that moment where the joy of the Lord filled our hearts in a moment of bitterness, in a moment of tragedy. 
The grief we had to continue, we had to work out. It wasn't that it was afterwards all changed, but we had a life-defining moment. We took the cross and we threw it into the bitter waters and it changed us from the inside. And so having peace is not having the absence of problems. Peace is not a personality type. It's not a gift. It's not, it comes from putting your trust. It comes from casting your burdens again and again. That the peace of God will come fill your heart, guard your mind. And so this change, this new perspective, this revelation happened in a place called Mara. And you and I, we need to cry out again and again. Again and again. That we experience the promise, I will not leave you or forsake you. The miracle of the cross is in Mara, not in Elim. And he is the one that is able to turn the bitterness, the bitter place, the life that stinks into something that is sweet. Into a, a perfume which is beautiful. And I know people that go through life and they've allowed that frustration, they've allowed that disappointment to become bitterness on the inside. And so what they do, they begin to blame God. They begin to blame others. They blame, blame the government. They blame the church. They blame their neighbors, whoever it is, their spouse. And they don't realize that the answer is right in front of them. And the problem has become an internal one. Here's the challenge, guys. Wherever you go, you will be there. That's deep. Wherever you go, you're going to be there with your faith, with your joy, or with your frustration, and with your bitterness. And so again and again, we want to learn to come and cast our burdens. There is a blessing of frustration found in a place, in circumstances like Mara, that God wants to use. And this is the final thought for today. God is good. He's actually good. <laughs> Because when we experience that, that's one of the first things. God, you might be good for others, but are you good for me? Are you good to me? And Elim, this place of abundance, it was just a few miles down the road. It was just over the hill. I imagine that's one of the reasons why they thought they had arrived. They knew it was close. They had heard of Elim, but they found themselves somewhere else. But God wanted to give them both. He wants to give you double, a double blessing. But we have to deal with the bitterness in our life, the disappointment, the frustration. And so God gave them Elim, this place of abundance, this picturesque place, and it became their double blessing. Mara wasn't judgment. It wasn't punishment. God is good. But as we go through life and as we discover the cross in every place, in every season, in every battle, we are changed. We are changed. We are strengthened. And the change on the inside flows to the outside. And what was bitter becomes sweet. What was frustrated becomes a place of blessing. Amen. Can we stand this morning? I would love to pray for you. Just invite you to close your eyes. I just want to ask you this question, you personally. Where are you this morning? 
It's definitely not going to be everybody. But maybe there are some here this morning that are feeling frustrated. Maybe it's, it's developed, it's gone further than that, and you're in a bitter place. You're in a place of grumbling. You're in a place of mumbling. You're starting throwing stones. You're accusing different people. You're accusing God. And I want to encourage you that this morning can be a place of turnaround, a place of miracles. As you realize that there is a table that He has set before you, and I believe God wants to come and just lift your head, and that you begin to see His provision, experience His grace, see beyond the moment. If you're here this morning, and that's you, you say, Ed, that's me. I so identify. I just, in this moment, in this private moment where eyes are closed, I just invite you to lift a hand. Say, hey, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And Father, we thank you. Thank you for your heavenly embrace. Thank you, God, that you see us individually. You see where we stand. And God, would you come and like you lifted the, the head of Moses, the head of his head, and he saw the cross. God, would you lift these people's heads? And may they see, may they see the power of the cross. May they experience the power of the cross this morning. God, thank you. God, thank you. And let Mara be turned into a place of healing, of abundance, of testimony, of your goodness, of your faithfulness. God, let us lift up our praise. Let us lift up our eyes. Let us bring a sacrifice of praise. As we're squeezed, God, let us lift our eyes and worship you. God, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your cleansing. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You received that word today. Give it up for Pastor Ed Wells. You can be seated again real quick. Wow. What a powerful thought, powerful word. Thank you for that, Ed. What a great, great word. Maybe you're in a frustrated place right now. But our God is a God of breakthrough. He's a God who can turn it around. But really, you have to lean in to look for Him in the hard moment, don't you? Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.